What up, son? It's the tail of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. Tail of the tapes, season two, episode fifty. So first of all, happy spring to all my spring lovers out there. <laughs> I'm personally not the biggest fan of the spring out here in the mountains. Back in New York City, it was a lot nicer than it is out here. It's pretty cold out here in May. And it's not even that I mind the cold weather, but I just don't like when my mentality doesn't match up with the weather. So when it's spring and it's May, I'm used to a particular weather. So I'm in a particular mind frame of wearing shorts and wearing this and doing that. And then I go out. It looks like it's nice out, and then I go out, and it's pretty fucking cold. So, I don't mind the cold, but not really in May. So, here's to hoping I get an early spring out there, although Phil did see his shadow, I believe. That means that six more weeks of winter or some shit. Not that I believe in anything that anyone does anywhere, but I hope that Phil is like most other people and is just lying to me. <laughs> So on today's episode, we'll be covering Slug and ASAP Rock. So first, let me start by saying Slug, I had never particularly heard of by name. Like, I never heard anybody say Slug to me, and I never heard, I just never heard of Slug, a rapper. But that was because I had heard of Atmosphere, and just hadn't realized that Atmosphere was a group in which Slug was the rapper. I just thought Atmosphere was the rapper. I had never really heard anything of him. So when I heard Atmosphere spoken of, and it was the one dude rapping, I just thought that was Atmosphere. This is, you know, way back in the day, prior to ever really having gone out of my way to listen to them. I had heard them on random shit, which I'll touch on in a minute. But even still, aside from having heard the group name Atmosphere, at that point I had never heard a song from them or with them. And obviously was clueless as to not only the group's members, but to the fact that it was even a group at all. I was always under the assumption that Atmosphere was a rapper prior to listening to his catalog in this study. So, needless to say, it would be hard for me to have any sort of educated opinion on Slug. But there's always this thing that comes from underground artists where, where you notice somewhat expect like some dope lyrics or some super originality or something like that. But possibly a low impact score so i'm always curious in general to see where these underground guys can finish because i mean this is part of the age-old argument right like you got guys who swear up and down that underground cats are way better than mainstream artists again i challenge you or i question you to explain to me what do you mean by better do we mean a better overall artist in terms of the things that they create and the successes they've had and all these other things and the, the new things that they bring to the table. When you say better, are you just speaking about lyrical skill and rapping skill and shit like that? So I think that the term better just gets thrown around very loosely and, and that's fine. I'm not trying to be particular words here. That's not what this is about. But the point that I'm trying to make is if you're going to have these heated debates with people about who the best is, make sure you determine what you mean by best before you even start that argument. And then on the flip side of that coin, you're going to have people who will say, bro, who the fuck is so-and-so? I never even heard of them. 
Or he's got bars but can't make a good song for his life and shit like that. You hear other people saying this. Or, or what have they done? Yeah, they could spit bars, but what have they done? So the point I'm trying to make is that this study eliminates all of that bickering because Slug's skill level will hold exactly the same amount of weight as his impact in the hip-hop game will. Regardless of what you or I or any other person believes to be more important. Now, ASAP Rock, on the other hand, I had also never really heard any music from. However, I was more informed on him than I was on Slug because, aside from the fact that I had never heard of Slug by name before, I was made aware of a different study that ASAP Rock had one of the deepest, most versatile vocabularies in all of hip hop by a long shot. I'm sure anyone that follows hip-hop seriously probably knows what I'm referring to. I'm not going to recap that person's entire study, but it was pretty interesting, although it was a bit misleading as it's missing some vital info, but impressive nonetheless. And if you're interested in checking out what I'm speaking on, just Google search vocabulary of rappers and it should be the first thing that pops up. It'll show you a chart, what artists' faces and stuff like that. You'll see it. Read into it if you want. Pretty cool stuff. Like I said, a bit misleading, but cool stuff. But aside from that, I knew nothing of ASAP Rock. So I was pretty excited and a bit nervous to dive into this dude's catalog and be handed the responsibility of correctly judging the artist who apparently has the most versatile vocabulary in hip-hop history. But moving right along to the artists themselves is I don't have much to offer on my opinions or expectations of them for the most part. Like I said... It was a pretty blank slate in general for both of these guys going into this. So both of these artists had their debut albums out in 1997, but Slug was out first with Atmosphere, so we'll start there. The reason that this isn't listed as Atmosphere's podcast is because Atmosphere is a group consisting of a rapper and a DJ producer, and we aren't judging the DJ here, and any work Slug does outside of the group still counts for him. So yes... We will talk about the group a bit as we never want to exclude the DJ or the producer or anybody in the group for that matter, but I just wanted to be clear on why we are covering Slug specifically and not Atmosphere as a whole, but everything Atmosphere did does count towards Slug scores. So, getting into Slug. Birth name, Sean Michael Daly. Born September 7th, 1972 in Minneapolis, Minnesota, United States and his years active are listed as 1989 to present. So I believe Slug is the first artist we've covered in the study here to be from Minneapolis, Minnesota, so that's that's some pretty interesting stuff to see there. I remember in the beginning, it was all New York, then we got a Jersey, a Philly, then we got a California, then it started to become a little more common, and we moved down south. Now it's to the point where as long as the region is qualified for the study... Artists are just liable to come from anywhere at this point now. Also, another thing to point out with Slug here is that it has his years active as 1989 to present. So, obviously been involved in some things hip-hop related for a long while now and for whatever reason didn't release an official album until 1997, which is definitely not what you see with most artists. It has happened, but it's not common. So, let's read some background info on Slug and see if we learn anything there. Sean Michael Daly, born September 7th, 1972, better known by his stage name Slug, is an American rapper from Minneapolis, Minnesota. 
Slug is best known as one half of the hip-hop group Atmosphere, which he formed with Derek Turner, also known as Spawn. Turner has since left and Anthony Davis, a.k.a. Ant, produces Atmosphere with Slug. In 1995, Slug, in collaboration with Anthony Davis, Musab Saad, and Brent Sayers, founded the Minneapolis-based independent hip-hop record label Rhyme Sayers Entertainment. So we do get some insight on the group as we see that he's not only the MC in the group, but has been the only mainstay the entire time. Just the producers in the group have changed over time. Other than that, not too much there in Slug's background. So let's get into what I wrote down on Slug while I was listening to his catalog. I had heard of the group Atmosphere before in passing, but never Slug's name specifically, nor had I heard any of the group's material, or so I thought. Upon listening to Slug, I learned I had heard one of his songs before. He also had a song on Fight Night Champion for Xbox 360, and I loved it, I just never realized it was him. Slug was very poetic and abstract with a great vocabulary, but he was a little bit inconsistent with bars at times. He was also pretty good with multisyllabic rhymes and great at using different rhyme schemes. Although he did bend words or use run-on bars at times, they usually stood alone well and were overshadowed by other regularly solid technicalities. Slug had very good depth, substance, and meaning in most of his songs and was tremendous at keeping a topic and telling great stories with eventful twists. Overall, he was definitely a good lyricist. He also put out a lot of material, most of which was quality. He qualified 11 solo albums, 4 albums with his group Felt, and 5 EPs including a double EP for a total of 20. The 2 worst of the 20 were just average, while 9 of the remaining 18 were good and the other 9 were great albums. Of his large catalog consisting of 242 songs, only one was weak while 13 were great and another 98 were good songs. I think being able to say you legitimately put out a hundred good songs is something to be pretty proud about. Even though Slug was only able to directly influence artists such as The Locks, Proof, Joe Budden, and possibly some others, Atmosphere in general had a pretty decent underground following and were ranked number 16 on Ranker's list of best underground rappers. Slug was extremely unique and original from his sound, delivery, and song content to his message and image, etc. Other than some borrowing and some sampling from artists before him, there was nothing to take away from Slug in this department. So a pretty similar scenario to last week where the only real song I had ever heard from this person was inadvertently on the Fight Night Champion soundtrack without me even realizing who I was actually listening to, but I had never heard Merce's name at all before getting up to him in this study. And while I hadn't heard of Slug's name in particular either, I did hear of his group Atmosphere. So very, very, very similar stuff there. Little minor differences, but it is kind of crazy how these two artists came in back-to-back -back weeks and have such similar, you know, stories. I mean, what are the odds of that, of these guys coming out like that at almost the same time, 12 years prior to this game coming out? and then both having two separate songs on that soundtrack, neither of which I knew was them, but I heard both of them and liked both of them, and then got up to them and realized who they were in hearing those songs. So pretty crazy stuff there. You guys know if you've been listening that I love crazy quote-unquote coincidences or super ironic stuff like that. So I do think shit like that is cool, but let's get into the math here for Slug and see what we got. 
Lyrics, he gets a seven. Like I said, man, he was he was a good lyricist for sure. Very, very solid lyricist. Um, he did have certain things, you know, like he did use some run-on bars at times, but like I said, the majority of his quote-unquote run-on bars, don't get me wrong, he did have some run-on bars, but it was similar to what we saw in the Eminem breakdown where some of them were run-on bars and he did lose a little bit of credit for it, but some of them seem like run-on bars, but if you take that second bar away, the other bar stands alone well. So it's not really a run-on bar. It was more a matter of him choosing to pick up in his next bar where he left off. But like I said, there were some things that were to be noted on the negative side a little bit. Like I said, he was a bit inconsistent and stuff like that too. Not not majorly inconsistent, but... He did have some verses where it was like, ah, all right, you know, on to the next song. He'll probably be dope on the next one. But other than that, man, I mean, the guy had a great vocabulary, um, pretty good with multi-syllabic rhymes. He was excellent at using different rhyme schemes, and he definitely had some, some crazy rhyme schemes where I really had to pay attention and say, oh, shit, okay, he went all the way back to that one from, you know, five, ten seconds ago. Um... Like I said, very good depth, substance, and meaning in most of his songs. Tremendous at keeping the topic. Uh, told some great stories with some, you know, crazy endings and eventful twists in them. So this guy was definitely able to do a lot of things. And for somebody that I didn't really know about prior to going into this study, like I said, I knew that he existed, didn't know his name was Slug, knew of Atmosphere, stuff like that. But, you know, aside from the one song on the Fight Night soundtrack, which I wasn't even aware was him, never really heard anything of him, I was very, very impressed by this dude. And these are two totally different things that I'm about to say right now, but I feel both of them are, are validated and warranted. You know, going into this guy, I really didn't know anything of him. Even the song that I liked on the Fight Night Champion soundtrack, I I liked it because of what he was saying. It had meaning. It was some dope lines in it. And, you know, I just like music with a meaning and stuff like that. But... The way, like, his overall sound, it, it wasn't something that I expected to like when I, you know, found out I was going to sit down and listen to 20 albums in a row of this guy. I was like, ah, you know, I don't really think that I'm going to wind up liking this like that. But I do have to say, man, I was very, very impressed with Slug. He was very good lyrically, and I also wound up liking the dude a lot. You know, he's probably in my top 25 personal favorite rappers at this point, so... Really good stuff there from Slug lyrically. Albums, he gets a 4.92 with zero classics. So that's another solid score like we spoke about. Just the two average albums and then nine good albums, nine great albums. So definitely consistent, solid stuff there as far as the albums are concerned. Songs, he gets a plus 0.50. So he gets exactly a half a point added on there, which, you know, like I spoke about, if you're adding points... Definitely better than losing points. Also better than getting a zero here, which, you know, a zero is kind of average in the middle. You didn't lose anything. You didn't gain anything. Obviously, if you're losing points, that's not good. If you're gaining points, that's a positive. I usually say, you know, anything plus or minus over a full point is really significant. Not a full point here for Slug, but a half a point. So getting there, getting to that point where, you know, he's getting a point one now added to all of his scores. So it starts to make an impact at that point. One is really where it has a bit more of an impact and gives you more of an ability to start jumping spots there and things like that. But, you know, 242 songs, only one weak song out of 242 songs. I mean, that's super, super insignificant. 
And to be quite honest with you, that probably just came from Slug being abstract. He was a very, very original, abstract artist. And he probably just did some shit on a song one time where he was hardly rhyming and just being odd and something like that. Listen, he's allowed to do that, man. 242 songs is a lot. Only one song that was counted as technically weak. And like I said, it could have just been the abstract originality of the song that wound up, you know, bringing it down to that anyway. But... Solid stuff there. Also, 13 great songs on top of that. So that came out to a plus 0.5. And another another 98 good songs on top of that. So almost 50% of his stuff, good or better there. So again, solid stuff in the song department for Slug. Impact, he gets a 4.5. And, and again, I mean, we kind of knew this was coming, right? It, it has to do with a couple of different things. Now, I'm not automatically saying that underground artists cannot get an above average score for impact here. That's not at all what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that there are so many things to take into consideration, right? So the fact that you're an underground artist, can you really have an impact of like a nine and a half in hip hop? Probably not, because if you had that big of an impact, it would essentially be impossible for you to remain an underground artist, no matter what style of music you made. Right, so like look at Eminem, for example. I wouldn't call Eminem an underground artist. If you listen to Eminem's first album and if we just talk about Eminem's rhyme style and shit like that, let's take away the beats, let's take away the commercial success, you would definitely think that Eminem was an underground artist. It's this white boy that's rhyming a ridiculous amount of syllables and talking about all this weird, crazy, silly shit. So in style... The majority of Eminem's stuff, at least the first half of it, would definitely be considered underground when you just look at like the lyrics and the content and stuff like that. But would you call Eminem an underground artist? Of course not. He had a ridiculous amount of mainstream commercial success. Whether you love him or hate him, everybody knows who he is. People talk about him all the time. People might say, he's not even in my top 10. But it's like, why, are you, why do you keep going out of your way to talk about him? There's a reason why. So... I'm just trying to make a point that if you've remained an underground artist throughout your career, then yeah, your impact score can only be so high, but it can certainly be like a seven and a half or a seven or something like that. I mean, there are some underground guys that, yeah, they remained underground, but they still impacted a lot of other artists and influenced a lot of other artists. They still have a massive amount of mainstream artists talking about them either before or after they died and things like that. So, again, don't get it twisted. You can definitely be an underground artist and get a solid impact score, but just keep in mind that you're probably, you know, the highest of them are probably almost starting out at a lower level and then either gaining or losing depending on what they did throughout the course of their catalog. So here we have, you know, an underground artist who has a pretty good underground following. Like I said, ranked number 16 on Ranker's list of best underground rappers and things like that. So they have a good underground following, which would probably put them, you know, six, six and a half up in that range. Again, keep in mind the fact that I'm very, very, very into hip-hop, and I never particularly heard of Slug's name. I did hear of Atmosphere, but never particularly heard of Slug's name. Keep in mind that, yes, there were some artists influenced, but only like three to five, and not the hugest of names. Not nobodies, not other underground artists, not people like myself or whoever that really had no commercial success or, or anything like that, but not Jay-Z, Eminem, Tupac, things like that. So 
we do have to keep those things in mind as well as the fact that they were an underground rapper. Now, we also have to keep another thing in mind. There are things that two guys can do the same thing and it can work in a different favor for them, right? So there are some guys who achieved absolutely nothing but were next to somebody super famous and that may hurt them because they had somebody super famous vouching for them and were never able to get anything out of it. Then you may have some other guys who, you know, let's say somebody like, I mean, Biggie and Tupac are a bad example because even though they had a small catalog, the amount that they've been sampled and the the impact that they've had on the game is, you know, second to none. But the point that I'm trying to make is when you have some people like that, maybe Big Pun is a better example, even though he, you know, still a tremendous impact, Big L, things like that, probably a better example. They could have had a much higher impact because you can see the effect that they had right away. And it was tremendous, right? It wasn't necessarily as big as Biggie and Tupac's because of the number of times that the people were sampled and things like that. It didn't add up to the same. But the point that I'm trying to make is you could see the direction they were headed right away. And had they been afforded more time, they may have been able to climb that to a nine, nine and a half, whatever it is. So... In that particular instance, you're looking at an example where the small amount of material in some small fashion may have hurt them, or the amount of time that they were around may have hurt them. You also have to keep that in mind on the flip side. When you have somebody that puts out 20 albums and 242 songs over a long span of time like that, and never really receives any accolades for it and only influenced three people. Again, I'm not trying to shit on Slug here. I'm just trying to make it evident the amount of time and work and effort that this dude put into this stuff. And I don't want to say he got nothing out of it or accomplished anything. Again, like I said, a big underground following here. So for somebody that only really musically influenced three to five people not the hugest of names, had that big of a catalog, but no, you know, no platinum albums, no crazy amount of record sales, no big hit number one singles, not saying that he was trying to do any of this, but I'm just pointing out, look at all the things that you could say on the negative side of this coin, but yet he still gets a, a just below average score of four and a half here. So that score was basically carried by his underground following and the fact that even though he only directly musically influenced like three to five people he was a workhorse he did put out a lot of work and stuff like that so again you have to keep into account both sides of that coin so you know a little bit more negative than positive but the big underground following and, and the things like that i think do keep him up at a four and a half just below average then originality he gets a nine like i said you know, if it wasn't for like borrowing and sampling and stuff like that, Slug was really, really, really super unique in many, many different ways. Um, his his overall sound was super original. His delivery, just the way that he rapped in such this nonchalant manner with the Minneapolis accent that he had, his song content and the things that he talked about, his overall message of what you know he wanted people to take from him. All these things, his image, just the way that he looked. I mean, at one point, he just had like, you know, regular shortish hair with a handlebar mustache and, you know, just walked around like that. And it was just, 
there was just so many things from this guy, from him being the first guy, you know, on this podcast to be from Minneapolis, Minnesota, to the way he looked, to the things he was talking about, to what he wanted the people to take from his music, to his sound, to his delivery, just everything about him, super, super original. Nothing overboard off the hinges, like with his image where he was wearing ridiculous shit, was just wearing what he wanted and dressing how he wanted. But again, had it not been for the borrowing and sampling, this would have been closer to a nine and a half, not a 10, because like I said, he wasn't ridiculously out of left field. So maybe a nine and a half there for just completely being himself and then back down to a nine because of the borrowing and the sampling and stuff like that, which I'm not saying slug bit anything, a tremendously original and unique artist here, you know, maybe just paying homage and stuff like that, which is what it seemed to be, you know, sampling what he grew up on, maybe what he liked, what inspired him and, you know, paying homage to some of the people that came before him, some of the artists that he looked up to and stuff like that. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it does need to be acknowledged when people do it. So you add all those five numbers up and you divide by five and you get a final rating of 5.18, which puts Slug in 38th place of 185 artists done overall. So not a bad finish at all there for an underground artist with a below average score in the impact category there. And even though it obviously doesn't play a factor in my scoring of Slug, I do feel obligated to let you guys know that I knew absolutely nothing of this dude prior to this study. But when I went down the Slug wormhole, I really started to enjoy this dude. He was just so different and talented and he was just a breath of fresh air in general. So shout outs to Slug and Atmosphere for sure. Now, let's move on to Aesop Rock, who, like I said, also had his debut album out in 1997. Birth name is Ian Matthias Byatz, born June 5th, 1976 in Syosset, New York, United States. Origins listed as Northport, New York, United States. Genres are listed as hip-hop, and his years active are listed as 1996 to present. So we do obviously have a lot of artists that have come from New York, but usually the majority of those artists are from one of the five boroughs in the city. Aesop from more upstate New York, where we've had a handful of people from this region and Long Island as well, but it's not the majority. So let's check out Aesop Rock's background and see how that reads. Ian Matthias Byatz, born June 15, 1976, better known by his stage name Aesop Rock, is an American rapper and producer residing in Portland, Oregon. He was at the forefront of the new wave of underground and alternative hip-hop acts that emerged during the late 1990s and early 2000s. He was signed to LP's Definitive Jux label until it went on hiatus in 2010. In a 2010 retrospective, Better Propaganda ranked him at number 19 at the top 100 artists of the decade. He released his first album, Music for Earthworms, in 1997 with Float following three years later. His fourth studio album, None Shall Pass, was released on August 28, 2007. Its title or song became one of Ian's most popular and well-known songs. He is a member of the groups The Weathermen, Hail Mary Mallon with Rob Sonic and DJ Big Wiz, The Uncluded with Kimya Dawson, and Malibu Ken with Tobacco. Regarding his name, he said, I acquired the name Aesop from a movie I had acted in with some friends. It was my character's name and it sort of stuck. The rock part came later from just throwing it in rhymes. So, 
we see a versatile artist here and not only all different types of music groups, but also a fan of more than one type of art. Not all that much there, but I did think that the end quote of him is pretty interesting about how he acquired his name because having studied him and listened to his entire catalog, it just epitomizes the type of character that he was with like, I don't know, it was a character's name and it just stuck. <laughs> so let's move on to my breakdown of ASAP Rock and see what I had to say. The first time I ever heard ASAP Rock's name mentioned was in a study published about the vocabulary of rappers in which ASAP finished way ahead of the next closest of all the artists studied. Let me start off by saying that although ASAP Rock did indeed have an incredible vocabulary, possibly one of the best to date, that study was very misleading. Let me just put it like this. Anyone that says words over a beat can say the most amount of different words over a span of time. But can you actually be good, make sense, and follow other technical aspects well while keeping up with this vocabulary? Those were the questions that went unasked and unanswered in that study. They won't in this one. While he was amazing with different rhyme schemes and syllables, he rambled random words just to rhyme words a lot and quite frankly didn't make much sense at times. He was a bit hard to follow and I found myself having to backtrack a lot when listening to him. This was not always necessarily to do with the complexity of the song, but usually because I just could not figure out what the fuck he was talking about half the time. A lot of times he took shortcuts or just two random words in the middle of the sentence would rhyme and that would be it. He also bent or stretched words a decent amount to make rhymes where they really weren't there. Often he did rhyme a lot of words per bar and showed the ability to tell crazy vivid stories with unexpected endings, but he also recycled lines and repeated weird phrases more than once sometimes. Though the run-on bars and shortcuts were only slightly outweighed by the syllables and rhyme schemes, he was able to iron out some technicalities as time went on and finished above average lyrically overall. Aesop qualified 15 albums for scoring. 8 solo projects, 5 EPs and 2 collaborative albums, one with his group Malibu Ken consisting of him and producer Tobacco and the other with producer Blockhead. Showing amazing consistency, 14 of those 15 albums were good with the remaining one being great. Of his 166 qualified songs, 2 were great while 3 were weak but another 53 were good songs. While ASAP has quite the underground following and stirred up some noise topping that vocabulary study, he hasn't done too much else. Not a lot of commercial success or record sales, certainly not a household name anywhere outside of the underground scene, and no visible impacts on any artist thus far. When it came to originality though, ASAP Rock was a super rare and unique character in every way. From his voice, rhyme style, and delivery, to his song content and image, there was no one else quite like Aesop. Had he not sampled a decent amount, he was close to getting a perfect score in this category. So a bit on both sides of the coin there for Aesop Rock, and you know, quite frankly, it sounded eerily similar to Slug's breakdown, so let's get into the numbers here and see how similar they are. Lyrics, he gets a six. Again, I'm gonna say it again, the object of this episode is not to pin Slug and Aesop Rock against each other, but at the end of the day, everybody in the study is going against each other, right? So I do like to just point out both scores of both guys so we can see, you know, why each person finished where they finished. So ASAP Rock gets the six, Slug gets the seven. So Slug definitely the better lyricist there. It kind of, you know, it was a kind of thing where 
The good things that Slug did, he was a little bit inconsistent, right? But only a little bit. And he had 20 albums, and the good things that he did were probably like 75 to 70% of the time. Whereas the quote-unquote problems that he had with some run-on bars and things like that was only 25 to 30% of the time. With Aesop Rock, it was like a 55-45 type of thing, where it was almost like, at least early on, it was almost like every bar would have something good and bad about it. And he kept washing, 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 washing. And then he'd do something a little good, then he'd have a song, and it was like, what the fuck was that? Or a couple of lines, and you're like, what the fuck? He didn't say anything that rhymed or made any sense in that four-bar sequence right there. So... He was just a weird, unique character that did, you know, really odd things. But we have to speak on technicalities here. And yes, he does get a 6, which is an above-average score. So I'm not trying to shit on him. And like I said, as time went along, it was almost like a 50-50 thing or a 55-45 thing in the beginning. And then it went to like, you know, later on in his career, it went to like a 65-35 thing on his, you know, most recent album where it was like, Okay, he, he's he's still being weird and abstract, and he does do these technically negative things sometimes still, but it's becoming more and more outweighed by the better things now. And like I said, he did tell some crazy, vivid stories with these unexpected endings and things like that. So, you know, again, a great vocabulary, so I'm not trying to shit on him. He, he deserved the six, an above-average score there lyrically, but... When you look at the other study, right, it almost leads you to believe right away. And I'm not saying that the other study says this. I'm just saying when this is thrown in your face, like, yo, you know about this guy ASAP Rock? Nah, what about him? Yo, look at this study. They did a they did a study about people's vocabulary, and he's fucking light years ahead of the next best person. And then you're looking, right, and you're seeing all these other faces way behind him, like dudes that you love, and you're seeing, like, you know, Wu-Tang members and DMX and Jay-Z, and it's like, yo, how did he fucking destroy all these guys this badly? And it leads you to believe that when you put on ASAP Rock's music, you're going to get this absolutely absurd, otherworldly, next-level lyricist. And... Again, like, while he was above average, I just want to point out that he was not ridiculous and otherworldly. There were plenty of, plenty of things that he did that were holding him back lyrically. But like I said, the good did outweigh the bad. He does get a sick, so I just felt the need to point that out, especially since that study did a good circulation around the internet. I just wanted to clear that up and validate that yes he does have a tremendous vocabulary but definitely not one of the best lyricists ever albums he gets a 4.31 whereas slug got a 4.92 now slug was also very consistent with his albums two average albums nine good albums nine great albums so they were both very consistent right but slug's consistency consisted of basically him splitting good album, great album, good album, great album, good album, great great album, was essentially how Slug's discography looked when you went and looked at it, like after it was all said and done. And I'm not saying every other one was like that. I'm just saying, you know, nine and nine, right? And then you had the two average, okay, whatever. Still very consistent. Only 10% of his stuff was average. The rest of it split in, in half 
45-45 with great and good. So, obviously very consistent, very solid stuff there. ASAP, also very consistent, but almost all of his albums were good. So, he only had the one great album. 15 albums in total, so a little bit less than Slug. 15 in comparison to 20. 14 of the 15 were good, one was great. So, again... Good stuff there, solid stuff there from Aesop, and consistent stuff, but not quite to the level of what Slug was able to do. Songs, he gets a minus .06, which is essentially nothing. He, he's losing, you know, almost a half of a tenth of a point there. So, obviously, very, very small stuff there. Again, you don't want to lose points, but you could gain points. So, you know, that I'm not going to try to say that this is good, but... Very, very, very small, insignificant amount. But again, Slug able to get a much better score. So we can see that that gap from six to seven lyrically was essentially, for the most part, able to carry Slug to have a fair amount of good songs more than Aesop Rock was and less weak songs, even though Slug had the higher total number of songs. So... Definitely better stuff there in the song department for Slug. Impact, I gave Aesop Rock a 5 as opposed to the 4.5 for Slug. And honestly, that mostly, mostly essentially came from that other study. Because I do believe a couple of things here. Number one, I don't want to discredit what other people are doing. I know somebody's going to turn around. Now, I don't know what that dude's name is that did that study. I could look into the details. I'm sure I could find out. But let's just say it's a random dude on his couch like me and he just, yo, I'm going to do this one day, right? It doesn't matter to me because as long as he put a, a massive amount of time and effort into that and legitimately counted all these words that these artists were saying and put them through a system where it was deciphering the different number of words that people were saying, what does it matter who he is or what he does? It's a mathematical equation, and he punched in the numbers, and ASAP Rock absolutely obliterated everybody else. So I think that we have to keep a couple of things in mind here. Number one, that study has gained much more traction than my study has. Now, I, I don't know what the reason behind that is it could be a hundred different things it could be that the person that did that study was already very well involved in the hip-hop community and when he told people in the hip-hop community he was doing it people backed him and put it out there i don't know that could have happened he could have just randomly gotten lucky where he posted it one day and a whole bunch of people shared it and it just spread throughout the internet he could have put a massive amount of work into it getting out there now i want to be clear I could put a massive amount of effort into gaining popularity for this podcast. I put a tremendous amount of time and effort into this podcast. But the, all the time and effort that I, or 95% of the time and effort that I put into this podcast is put into the listening, the documenting, the recording and mixing of the episodes, and the sharing the episodes. That's it. Other than that, I do essentially nothing for this podcast. I don't really post it anywhere. I don't tell anybody about it. I tell the people that I know want to hear about it, about the study. I don't ever tell random people about it. To me, this is not really something that should interest a tremendous amount of people. I just don't see it 
as being something that would interest a tremendous amount of people for so many different reasons. Off the bat, you're going to have people that don't really give a fuck about hip-hop, right? Like, who would kind of just laugh and say, this is ridiculous, who cares? I don't even give a shit about who the best rapper is. Rap is retarded, or whatever. Or why do you care who the best rapper is, right? So you're going to have all those people off the bat, which is fine. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Then you're going to have people that really do love hip-hop, but this is just too much for them. I, I can't sit down and listen to you break down 450 rappers for an hour each, right? That's fine. Then then don't, right? Then you're also going to have people who really do care about things like this, but are flat out going to hate on you for whatever reason. It could be because, you know, they didn't think of it or they don't know somebody who thought of it or whatever, and they're going to question the validity of it. Who are you to judge these people? Why should I listen to your opinion? Bro, it's not my opinion. People can't seem to wrap their heads around this. Unless I'm missing major pieces of information from all of these artists, which I don't believe that I am, nothing is my opinion on here. This is all shit that I've read. This is all things that they've accomplished. This is all interviews that I've watched, things that they've said out of their mouth. I've counted syllables. I've counted rhyme schemes. I've kept track of who's writing songs about what, these stories that people are telling, um, the ability to paint pictures, keep a topic, original song topics, successes, commercial successes, mainstream successes, underground successes, lyrical content, impact on the hip-hop game. These are not really opinions, bro. So again, if you really do question my validity, you can go look me up. I'm not saying that I have an overabundance of overqualifications. But I've certainly been in this hip-hop scene for a very long time, very, very deeply, and there are definitely people involved in this game relatively heavily that not only know my name, but will vouch for my seriousness and my love for this music genre, for sure. Regardless of all that, again, I don't really think that it overly matters. I think that this study is what it is, and you can disagree with some technicalities about the study, but... I'm not really involving my opinion here, so it would be kind of difficult to argue with these numbers. Again, I, I would welcome anybody that's really, really informed on this stuff and can bring facts to the table to come on here and have any sort of debate with me anytime, but I don't want to argue with people about their opinions. Now, again, on top of all of those people, right, you're then also going to have people who are going to immediately, you know, they're into this study, right? Or or maybe they're into what, okay, all right, that sounds cool. Yeah, okay. And they're asking questions, right? This is shit. Okay, this sounds pretty crazy. And then they get to their favorite rapper, right? And he, he finishes like uh, 49th or something. And they're like, bro, what the fuck is wrong? 49th? That dude is top three easily, like, and automatically... My study becomes invalid because the music that they love didn't finish where they wanted it to. So there's just so many things involved that makes me believe that I'm not interested in trying to get a massive amount of people to follow this. If people are into this, then follow it. If you're interested in this information, then follow it. Even if you randomly just listen to you know, whoever you like, oh, okay, this guy got covered, I like that dude, let me listen to that dude, or I don't know anything about this guy, let me go listen to this, it's always going to be there, it's on the site, it's it's a vault there, go listen to it, That that's fine, that's what it's here for, and things are constantly being updated and stuff like that, but if you're not interested in it, or you don't think it's valid, then don't fucking listen to it, I don't give a shit, so 
and I don't mean to be a dick, but the fact that I don't give a fuck, you know, it, it generates the likelihood of this really taking off the way that other study did down to almost zero. Because it's like, I'm, I'm in network marketing. I know how to do all this shit. And I'm not saying that I could blow this podcast up, but I'm saying that I'm not really giving it a valid, fair chance to blow up, is what I'm saying. And, and that's by design. If it blows up on its own, then, then that's fine. It was meant to be, and I couldn't even stop that from happening if I wanted to. But if it doesn't, then it's going to be what it is. It's going to be the most in-depth, most valid hip-hop study of all time. And if you're interested in it and are not up on this gem, then I, I feel bad for you. You should find it somehow. It is what it is. So the point of me saying all that is that whatever way that that dude went about getting that study into my hands when I have no idea who he is doesn't really matter to me. What matters to me is that it got into my hands. So if you ask the majority of people that are into hip hop, if they know about that study, a lot of people know about that study. This is not a random thing that I just happen to come across and people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? A lot of people know about it. Like I said, if you don't go Google whatever it was that I said earlier, best rapper's vocabulary or something like that, whatever it was that I said earlier in the study. But the fact that most people know about it to me means that it has to at least be taken into consideration because the hip hop community in general responded to it. That being said, on top of that thing being created and getting into my hands and him being in it and stuff like that, right? Not only did he top it, but he annihilated some really incredible names on there. So I do think that, you know, the same way with Merce, right? It's like, you're not the greatest lyricist ever, but you did set a Guinness Book of World Records for rapping for 24 hours straight. That is pretty mind-blowing. So you got to give him some sort of credit for that, right? Same thing with Aesop Rock here. It's like he's pretty much in the same boat as Slug and Atmosphere. You know, they have a good underground following, but other than that, almost nothing else, right? And then you have one guy who, you know ironically enough is actually technically lyrically speaking better than the other guy but the other guy managed to top this vocabulary list of having the greatest vocabulary of any rapper of all time essentially so i just think that credit needs to be given there and i, I felt that that in itself just dominating that list in that way and possibly having the greatest vocabulary of all time in hip-hop and again if he would have absolutely sucked and got a two lyrically like Birdman or something like that, but was saying all these different words, I'm not giving you credit for that. But he did manage to be super original and still scored a six lyrically while having what seems to be the greatest vocabulary in hip hop ever. So again, I do think that that needs to be noted and pointed out and taken into account. So he gets a five for impact there. And then originality, he gets a nine and a half, which is just above Slug's nine. And again, they were very, very similar, both very, very original dudes. But I pointed out to you earlier how Slug wasn't a 10 because he wasn't like, you know, absolutely ridiculous and out of left field. He was just totally himself, but wasn't like super odd of a dude. Right? So that kind of brought him down to a 9.5 instead of a 10. And then down to a 9 because of all the borrowing and sampling. Kind of the same thing here with ASAP Rock, but a little bit different. So 
he was super absurd and and out of left field and shit like that and ridiculous. So he does go up to that nine and a half, not a ten, because he also like Slug sampled and and borrowed a decent amount and stuff like that. So again, that does have to be taken into consideration where you might have another dude that's super themselves, super original, super out of left field, super ridiculous, and didn't sample anything from anybody, i.e. ODB. You have to leave room for somebody to do better, right? So not a 10, but a nine and a half. So you add all those five numbers up and you divide by five, and that gives you a final rating of 4.95, which puts Aesop Rock in a tie for 46th place of 185 artists done overall. So again, similar stuff here to Slug, a little bit different in their particular categories, but similar, and Slug finishes a little higher, but again, close finishes. And just for the record, Aesop is in a tie for 46th place with Andre 3000 of Outcasts. So again, interesting stuff there. I always like seeing that. I would have never correlated these two to be in the same sentence with each other. Again, that's not to say that their styles or their sounds were similar or anything like that, or even that any of their scores were similar. They probably were totally, totally different, but nonetheless does end up in a tie for 46th place with Andre 3000 of Outcast. So, you know, like we spoke about earlier, I just think that stuff is crazy. Um, but cool stuff, man. Last week we had Merce with a mediocre finish. But he holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the world's longest rap at 24 hours straight on a, lime sh on a live stream. Insane stuff. Here, a little bit better of a finish from Aesop Rock, who also seemingly may have the best, most versatile vocabulary in all of hip-hop as a feather in his cap. So, shout-outs to Aesop Rock for sure. A super original artist, no question. So now let's get into all of our lists, starting with our top 10% overall. In our top spot, we have Eminem, who's in first place of 185 artists done overall. Directly behind him in second is Jay-Z. Behind Jay is AZ in fifth place. Directly behind him in sixth is Big L. Directly behind L is Nas in seventh. And directly behind him in eighth is Method Man. Couple slots back from Meth is Black Thought of the Roots, who's in tenth. And directly behind him in a three-way tie for 11th is Tupac and Biggie. Behind them is Pharaoh Monch, who's tied for 15th. Behind him in 18th is KRS-One. Directly behind KRS is Rock of Helter Skelter, who's in 19th. Directly behind him in 20th is Proof. A couple slots back from Proof is Jizza, who's in 22nd. Directly behind him in 23rd is Sean Price of Helter Skelter. And directly behind Sean P is Slick Rick, who's in 24th place of 185 artists done overall. So no changes at all to this list today, so let's get right into our top 10% lyrically so far. In our top spot, we have Eminem with a lyrical score of 9.5. In a four-way tie for second place, we have Pharaoh Monch, Black Thought of the Roots, Nas, and AZ, all with lyrical scores of 8.5. In another tie for 6th place, we have Method Man and Jay-Z with lyrical scores of 8. In another 4-way tie for 8th place, we have Master Ace, Jizza, Common, and Big L, who all receive lyrical scores of 7.5. In another 4-way tie for 12th place, we have KRS-One, Lord Finesse, Sean Price of Helter Skelter, and Slug, all receiving lyrical scores of 7. 
And then in a 13-way tie for 16th place, we have Will Smith, Rakim, Cool G Rap, Everlast, Tupac, Redman, Sticky Fingers of Onyx, Lazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony, Biggie, Tame One, Lil Wayne, Rock of Helter Skelter, and Razkaz, who all got lyrical scores of six and a half. So one of our artists featured here today able to crack this list as Slug of Atmosphere slides into a tie for 12th place lyrically overall so far, so solid stuff there. Now let's get into our particular decades list and see if either of these artists were able to crack their respective decades list. As always, we'll start off with our 1980s decade. So your top five artists to come out in the 80s are KRS-One, Slick Rick, Rakim, Rev Run of Run DMC, and LL Cool J. Much respect to these five OGs who have held down those spots since they debuted. Now moving on to our 90s decade. Your top five artists to come out in the 90s so far are Eminem, Jay-Z, AZ, Big L, and Nas. So again, we have an instance where we do see at least one of our artists able to crack at least one of our lists, but not able to crack this top five of the 90s so far, which has certainly become the most difficult list to crack in the back half of these 90s here, no question. Now, moving on to our regional list, starting with our East Coast. Your top three artists to come out of the East Coast thus far are Jay-Z from Brooklyn, New York, Big L from Harlem, New York, and Nas from Queens, New York. Moving all the way over to our West Coast, your top three artists to come out of the West so far are Tupac from Marin County, California, Razkaz from Carson, California, and Ice Cube of NWA from Los Angeles, California. Moving down South, your top artists to come out of the South thus far is Lil Wayne from New Orleans, Louisiana. Behind him, Andre 3000 of Outkast from Atlanta, Georgia. And behind him, Big Boy, also of Outkast and also from Atlanta, Georgia. Sliding to our Midwest, your top three artists to come out of the Midwest thus far are Eminem from Detroit, Michigan, Proof, also from Detroit, Michigan, and Common from Chicago, Illinois. So neither artist today crack any lists aside from Slug sliding into that top 10% lyrically overall, but... Major shoutouts to both of these artists here today, both super original artists with a high level of skill for sure. If you'd like to see any or all of the lists in full, you can give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash tale of the tapes podcast. If you want to follow the page, just give it a like. You'll see a lot of lists and pictures and updates and things like that and writing on the site, best place to follow along. You can also give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash tale of the tapes. Both of those links are spelled completely normally. On that host site, you'll see a support button. I appreciate if anybody could hit that for me. Thank you very much. And that's going to do it for today's episode. Next week, we will be covering Missy Elliott and Trick Daddy. This one should be a pretty interesting episode. Let's just put it that way. Tale of the tapes. Peace. Tale of the tapes. Might as well.